hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Foley is Pod. And boy, do we have a special episode for you today. It's a very Foley Christmas, and we couldn't do it without the patriarch of the Foley family. Ladies and gentlemen, the hardcore legend. Merry Christmas, Mick Foley. Oh, How Mer- are you? Merry Christmas to you, Con. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I think we're going to get everybody, even the grinchiest or the scroogiest of you out there, we're going to get you in the holiday spirit with a special 12 Days of Christmas Wrestling Edition. Okay. And this is something I, I wrote a few years ago for Cameo, um, but I always thought it would present itself best with video. Okay. And my man, Casey Hopkins, who WWE is crazy for not hiring. He's had five interviews. Um, he's he's so good. He's he brought my Instagram back from the dead, completely revitalized my Facebook. And he just does a killer job, uh, not just with the editing, but with the thoughts. He takes something that I give and makes it so much better. WWE, if you're listening, and I know you are, you need to hire Casey Hopkins. And the proof, as they say, is in the figgy pudding. So let's all enjoy Okay. the 12 Days of Wrestling. How do I turn this up? On the first day of Christmas, do love show to thee. Stu Hart's kid with a bad knee. <laughs> On the second day of Christmas, Stu Love Show to me. Two herbal hugs and Stu Hart's kid with a bad knee. <laughs> On the third day of Christmas, Stu Love Show to thee. Three man band, two herbal hugs. And Stu Hart's kid with a bad knee. Harmonizing. Man, kind of and now on that fourth day of Christmas, brother, do love show to thee. Four horsemen, three man band, two yearful hugs. And Stu Hart's kid with a bad knee. On that fifth day of Christmas, do love show to thee. Five wrestling rings. A four horse man, three man band, two yearful hugs, and two hearts kid with a bad knee. On the sixth day of Christmas, do not show to me. Six, six, one, nine, five wrestling rings. A four horseman, three man band, two yearful hugs, and two horse kid with a bad knee. This is where it gets controversial. Okay. Now on that seventh day of Christmas, brother, do not show to thee a seven body slamming six, six, one, nine, five wrestling rings. A four horseman, not including Roma. <laughs> Paul Rumble? No, there's no way. There's no way Paul Rumble was a horseman. On that eighth day of Christmas, brother, do love show to me. Eight, eighty gimmicks, seven body slamming, six, six, one, nine, five wrestling rings. Ow! A war horseman. You, you're not kidding. Paul, Paul Rumble was a member of four dog, four horsemen. Ollie and Arn and Tully and Flair. I'll, I'll include Wyndham or Luger, but no, no, not Rome. I can't go there. 
nine rooster selling eight eighties gimmick seven body slamming six six one nine five wrestling rings ow four horsemen three man band two your bull hugs and two hearts kid inside of surgery oh now on that tenth day of Christmas, do love show to thee. A ten lads a leaping, nine roots a selling, eight eighties gimmicks, seven body slamming, six six one nines, five wrestling rings. Ow. A poor horseman, I'm not counting Roma too. <laughs> and two hearts with a brand new me. On that eleventh day of Christmas, do love show to thee. Eleven Roddy's piping, ten lads are leaping, nine roots are selling, eight eighties gimmick, seven body slamming, six six one nine five wrestling rings. Ow. A four horseman, not including Roma, two your bulldog, <laughs> and a few hearts hit with a brand new meat. Wow. Twelfth day of Christmas, do love show to thee. A twelve stunner stunning, eleven Roddy's piping, ten lads are leaping, nine roots are selling, eight eighties gimmick, seven body slamming, six six one nine five. Wrestling rings. Ow! A poor horseman, not including Roma, two purple hogs, and two hearts hit with that brand new Ah, we've got a winner. <laughs> Fantastic. Incredible job. I agree. He should definitely be under WWE employ. My goodness. Five wrestling rings uh, maybe five was my favorite part until, until we get the into the discussion, bits. right? My goodness. So will you make sure Nate sees that? 100%. And see what his take. Roma? Horseman? No horseman. It's a... Uh, I think he's he he and Arn fall in the not a horseman category, <laughs> and I think Roma uh, actually challenged Rick to one more match after the last match, and I think everyone who was in Nashville agrees that was probably the last one. Yeah, yeah. that was probably the last one. But uh, I just thought it was yeah, it was fun. It's it not, was super fun. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the Roma bit, the way it kept building, and then the comeback of Bret Hart's. Bret knee. Hart, he's in. He's got the bad knee, and now he's in surgery, and he comes back. That's all Casey. I didn't say end it with that photo of me and um, uh, Brett. But just, uh, and I didn't say have the two guys harmonize. I just did the two different versions. And then he said, hey, can you do it with the music as quiet as possible? He just he does an amazing job. So we see the man on the street, um, the video, in your house video. And uh, I just haven't been really happy with his performance. And I, I just think he'd be a great asset to WWE. Fantastic you need to, work. need to give him a call. Super fun. I, uh, maybe my favorite part of the video is where it scrolls the horseman one last time and it says, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the Romulus photo. This is fine. Great job. Of course, it is upon us. Tomorrow is Christmas Eve, Mick. Mm. Uh, have you been naughty or nice this year? I think I've been pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah, I've been pretty good. Did, did you make a list for Santa? Um, I'm a giver. Yeah, I, I do. I get the joy out of giving. I always tell, 
I tell the children, make something for me. So Mickey is uh, working on a, a Christmas song with his guitar. That'll be better than anything anyone can buy me. Uh, I love it when Noel makes me a little something. And uh, Dewey's the big spender, so I've told him just two presents per person. Let's make this a look. And what Noelle does, she uses her ins with different products. What's the company that makes uh, all the wrestling jackets? Uh, oh, a chalk line. Chalk line. So uh, my wife and I came out of last Christmas with about four chalk line jackets each. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and so I'm okay with the whole regifting thing. Like, you can't spell regifting without G-I-F-T. Sure. Yeah. And then... Um, you know, we're trying to we're trying to scale back, trying to just enjoy uh, the magic of the season. Um, I have my little thing I do with my my Santa letters. Um, I've got a, I've got some some of the top superstars in WWE. You know, who've been getting letters to me for for five or six years ever since I worked on my Santa handwriting, uh, coming off of the hip and knee replacements. And I think it's I think it's the big guys. It's like I feel like I've earned the right to channel. His handwriting. As a kid, what was your uh, your favorite Christmas present that Santa brought you? Uh, talking football. Does anyone remember that? I do it, not. It, what, you you had a, a like a player in these little mini records. So you would take the record when you're on the offense, and you would put it in. So say you're doing an off tackle run, and now your defense. He depending on what defense they spin it around. If they if they play inside run, you're stopped for no gain. If they're playing long pass, you might get a seven or eight yard run. But the deal was, if you put gadget plays, one out of every two gadget plays was a touchdown. So you could kind of game the system by just going for the big ones every each time. time. Yeah. yeah. And so there were days, yeah, there were nights that ended in tears. Uh, but I loved that game. I held on to it for so long. Finally, it was all dilapidated. But uh, a vintage talking football, I'm sure it's out there. For somebody looking to uh, give back to the hardcore legend, it would be much appreciated. That's super cool. So are there any Foley family traditions that you've uh, passed down that maybe your grandparents did and then your parents did and now you do with your family? Anything like that? Oh, well, one of our one of our traditions was driving around uh, town. We would go out to eat on Christmas Eve, and we would drive around town to look at all the, the beautiful lights. Yes. And then for about three years running, we would drive around town and hear my dad cursing Lilco, the Long Island Lighting Company, because their energy rates had gone up and people weren't putting their lights out. This ah, is in the see. 70s. wasn't very Christmassy. Right. Uh, but a few weeks back, I wrote a, a story on Facebook uh, about a 92-year-old um, Korean War veteran who I'd known almost my whole life. And uh, Hub Edwards had a great, uh, great-looking Santa on his roof, illuminated. And it looked to me and my brother like that was the real guy. So once we saw that, we knew it was time to dive in bed. So we've had, uh, I don't know if we've had, you know, portraying Santa for so many years has both added to greatly and diminished a little bit the holiday season because I haven't been around as much. Right. So when, um, the, when I got COVID in 2020, it really changed things because that was a beard I'd grown out literally for 360. I shaved it on December 26th, began growing it. So if anyone has seen the A&E documentary uh, where I'm Santa, I was actually Santa in April. So we had to wait for the COVID to get better. 
obviously, and then we shoot and we found a family in Jacksonville who still had their tree up and it, and it came across looking really well. When I had COVID, I gotta tell you, that was such a freaking lonely time being in a hotel five minutes from my family, unable to see anybody, unable to participate in Christmas. Had it not been for the cameos that I had, they were coming in heavy too, and the videos. That's when my Santa videos really started becoming good. And I remember uh, Zooming with uh, uh, Edge's children and uh, with Trisha's children on Christmas Eve and then sending out really quality videos, you know, just like that had some thought into them. Before that, my videos had been like 30 seconds and and they were well received, but these were really good. Casey's going to, uh, he's been working on me to make sure the ones we send out tomorrow night are just state of the art. And it's, uh, and but the conundrum on my face was, had I not, had the COVID, had I bleached my beard, now I'm in a situation where, I'm not kidding you, during the pandemic, those cameos were coming in about 40 a day, right? Wow. So it's pretty much a full-time job. And it would have meant that every time I do the cameos, I would have had to douse my white beard. So you take a guy with naturally dark beard, getting lighter by the year, Mother Nature has her way with me, um, but sat, turning that as white as possible, now taking the dark beard you've turned white, turn it back dark for several hours so you can do your cameos, but it looks ridiculous. It doesn't look real, it looks ridiculous. And it would have been quite, it would have been a lot to go through. And that's when I realized, wait a second, like you're a volunteer and I'm really proud of that. I was proud of the fact that from 2014 through 2019, every month, boom, no work at all, I do this volunteer stuff almost every single day. I go to the uh, uh, I go to the pediatric uh, floor on Christmas Day. I visit the cancer center Christmas Eve. Like I really felt good about what I was doing, but at the same time, like I can be almost as good with a theatrical beard. There's not one great. Uh, well, no, there there have been a couple of great Santas on screen with real beards. But by and large, the Santas we identify as being the Santas from the movies, uh, uh, Ed Asner, uh, Tim Allen, uh, Giamatti, those guys are all using really good, I can tell I'm boring the heck out of you. No, yeah, no, okay. no. <laughs> I, you got that look like, oh, there go our ratings. Um, so I thought, hey, the truth is, um, I mean, my living is made in great part by making people feel good, yes. like they're seeing someone from their youth and I really feel like I need to look as much like that guy as I can without the long hair. And I, at no point during my career did I have that long beard. And so I had to be like, you know what? The videos I sent out last year, the visits I made with the theatrical beard, they were almost as good. And it allows me to continue to make a living. So, uh, you know, I'm, the, my days of volunteering every day are over, but I'm still finding a way to make a difference. And for those 50 or so people uh, who are on that list, uh, my favorite story is probably Lacey Evans, because I barely know Lacey. I've met her five times, and yet the letter I send and the video I send to her daughter, now there's two daughters, are something that she and her family, like, they eagerly anticipate and they greatly appreciate. And I wish that they had kept the interview they did with her for the A&E biography. 
My biggest, my biggest uh, wish was that I would have thought for them to go to Iowa and interview Becky Lynch. Yeah. Because it was there were no females talking, and here's someone who grew up idolizing me, biggest star in women's wrestling, and and one of my dearest friends. And I didn't even think, hey, want to go out and uh, talk to Becky Lynch. But anyway, it's really cool. I, I like the idea that uh, some some of the people on the list have known me well and known me for years. And some people, like Bianca Belair, I've only met Bianca twice, but yet I take great pride in trying to, you know, make that part of the, the tradition. There's people like Nora Jones, this will be my eighth year as her, her Santa. Jewel, eight year, uh, seven, seven years as her Santa. So I, this stuff, I, I really take it seriously. When I go and I put pen to paper, and we're gonna put up a graphic of some yeah. of the stuff. And you better believe me, you know, people say, does Santa treat all the children equally? Not necessarily, because when I'm putting pen to paper for Dwayne Johnson's children, uh, they're going to get the very best the hardcore legend has to offer. Like, uh, all of them are going to be good, but, uh, you know, edges. There are, there are certain people I make sure get the best possible letter. And I take a lot of pride in it. And the idea that 30 years from now, a family will open up a box yes. and they'll have those letters saved. Uh, and that you mean, were a part of that. Yeah, I was a part of that. Me, that means almost as much to me as creating what we're memories. About. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the wrestling stuff. Yeah. Well, you, you made a lot of memories uh, without a Santa beard, and uh, I can't help but notice that you're looking oh. baby smooth today, Vic. Oh, this is the smoothest my skin has ever been. And now we're going to talk about our sponsor. We're talking about Henson shaving, and we're talking about the pains of using a cheap razor. No nicks, no cuts, no irritation with Henson. And what I like is the business model. It's not a subscription razor service. You're fresh off a new shave. What'd yeah. you think? It's the best shave I've ever had. This wow. is a this is a Shiazu brother. Okay. Um, I'm gonna tell you the full story, which is I couldn't figure out how to use it. Okay. okay? So I start. I realized I had two disposable razors, and I'm gonna. All right, I'm gonna do a shave, and I'm gonna just tell Conrad that this is a uh, Henson shaving. Problem is, I've got a, I've got a rugged landscape, right? Like it comes in thick, and so the first razor's not even making it through the left side, and I realize I can't show up with a bunch of nicks and cuts. So, with one side not even completely done, I took the one minute to watch the video on how to use it. Boom! In, could not believe. I'm serious. Could not believe the difference. How simple and easy it was. Uh, so, so, the, so seriously, no more like throwing out, like you call planned obsolescence, yes. where you, it only is going to last for a certain time. Yes, better for the environment because yes. you're not throwing a bunch of plastic into the, you know, into the ground, and it gives you the best shave that I've ever had. Like I, you know what? Because of the toughness of my beard, what I usually do is let it grow in for a couple of weeks, and then I take the wall shaver and I get it down to whatever the lowest it can be. But I. I, I was, I don't want to say stunned, but I was extremely happy and very surprised Impressed. at how easy it was. And even I did that last night and tonight I was like, it's so easy. Let me do it again. I've never shaved two days in a row. Not since I was 14 or 15 years old. And it was like, and it's, it's like a, a 30 second thing without all the soap in the basin and all that stuff. Man, I got to tell you. It's the I can't even imagine there's a better uh, shaving product out there, 
The only disclaimer is that this is meant for adults yes. to use seriously. Um, so treat it with respect. You know, there's a lot of things in our lives that have danger attached. Gasoline, for example, we know to treat that. Firearms, you know, you need to keep those away from kids. So keep these away from the kids. Um, is this the real deal? It's the real deal. It's the old school way. Yes. And uh, man, I, 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 it's the best shave I've ever had. There it is, straight from the horse's mouth. You got to meet Henson Shaving. Henson Shaving is a family-owned aerospace parts manufacturer. They've made parts for the International Space Station and Mars Rover. Now they're bringing that same precision engineering to your shaving experience. Razor blades are like diving boards. No, Action Jackson's not included. The longer the board, the more the wobble, the more the wobble, the more nicks and cuts and scrapes. A bad shave, you see, isn't a blade problem. It's an extension problem. But by using aerospace-grade CNC machines, Henson is making metal razors that extend just 0.0013 inches. That's less than the thickness of a human hair, y'all. And that means a secure and stable blade with a vibration-free shave. It gets better. The razor has built-in channels to evacuate hair and cream, which makes clogging virtually impossible. Seriously, Henson Shaving wants to make the best razor and we think they have. They're not trying to make the best razor business. That means no plastic, no subscriptions, no proprietary blades, and no planned obsolescence. The Henson razor works with a standard dual edge blade to give you that old school shave with the benefits of new school tech. And once you own a Henson razor, it's only like three to $5 a year to replace the blades. And you heard it straight from Mick, the best shave of his life. It's time to say no to subscriptions and yes to a razor that will last you a lifetime. Visit HensonShaving.com forward slash Foley to pick the razor for you and use the promo code Foley and you'll get two years worth of blades for free with your razor. Just make sure you add them to your cart. That's 100 free blades when you head to H-E-N-S-O-N-S-H-A-V-I-N-G.com forward slash Foley and use the promo code Foley. So there you go, Henson Shaving. It's It's the real deal, brother. Man, I got to tell you, I've already gotten one of my Christmas presents early this year, and I can count on it every year. It's become something that my wife and I look forward to. It's Omaha Steaks. I got to tell you, when I was a kid, I remember seeing like literature, like pictures of Omaha Steaks and thinking, man, this must be what rich people eat. Look at how awesome this looks. I just didn't think there was any way my family could afford something like Omaha Steaks. Then I became an adult and found out, dude, this is pretty affordable. And oh yeah, it tastes even better than those pictures looked when I was a kid. I'm a big fan of Omaha steaks. I've been using them, man, as long as I had my first grill. And let me think, when was that? When did I buy my first grill? 2002 is when I bought my first grill. And I've had plenty of grills since, but the one constant in my life, Omaha steaks. Now the holidays are here. And if you're looking to achieve gifting greatness, when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender and delicious Omaha steaks, you're giving a gift that will leave an impression. Now, Omaha Steaks have put together a delicious selection of various gift packages to make shopping for the ones you love nice and easy. Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site-wide when you use the code Foley at checkout. Get an additional $40 off your order. So let's recap. You're going to get 50 bucks off site-wide, and when you use Foley at checkout, another 40 bucks off. How do you beat that? Omaha Steaks has everything you need And it's really simply perfect as a gift, especially if you've got somebody who's out of town. This is really my little life hack. If you've got someone you're not going to be able to get together with this holiday and maybe, you know, Christmas is right here with us. 
Next week, if they open up a box from Omaha Steaks, your phone's going to ring. You're going to leave an impression. You're going to be giving the gift of an assortment of mouthwatering favorites like the delicious butcher's cut filet mignon, the air chilled boneless chicken, the ultra juicy burgers, and the easy to prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. So don't wait. Order today and beat that shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use the promo code Foley at checkout. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing that you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site-wide, plus use the promo code Foley at checkout to get that extra $40 off your order. Minimum order may be required. One more time, visit omahasteaks.com and use that promo code Foley. Get yourself an extra 40 bucks. So, uh, what's up with mom? What's up with Mrs. Foley on Christmas? Does she have any traditions? Uh, I mean, nothing out of the ordinary. Right. We just gather around. We watch a few uh, classic movies. Um, Mickey, <laughs> you know, you know, I rave about my son. Yes, right? sir. Last night, last year on Christmas Eve, I watched him wrapping presents. And he's got his own style. Okay. He's got his own style. I've never seen anything like it. Like, you know, it's, it's, say this is your role, right? right. Uh, just, just say this is <laughs> your role. Okay. Right. And most people are gonna cut from, cut from the end. He does. He starts cutting from the middle, and he ends up wrapping presents beautifully. But when you look at his paper, there's like a bunch of, you know, bunch of like. Fingers looks like fingers sticking out. I've never seen anybody rap like that, but he does a good job. But it's just a matter of him seeing not just the world, but different aspects in a different way. When I was like, "Buddy, don't, wouldn't it be easier to cut?" And he looked at me like I was crazy. You know, right. like, this is his way of doing it. So uh, Mrs. Foley did a reprimand at me and Mickey for talking too loud on Christmas Eve. Okay. Yes, she did, and um, so we kept it down a little bit. And we had an amazing Christmas. It was for our first Christmas last year with uh, Frank the Clown. Okay. He was part of the, the tradition and uh, welcomed to part of the tradition. Uh, we, were, we had uh, gone up to Long Island. We had, um, we had uh, rented a really nice house. Huey cut a promo on me uh, for spending too much. Your dad, you're always the guy talking about saving money. I was like, okay, yes, ordinarily that's true. Then I spelled out, look, Grandma's getting up there, yes. right? She can't travel. This is our way to be together. I said, what I did, usually I don't work in December, but I went out and I did five shows that I otherwise would not have done specifically so we could all fly up here, we could be in this beautiful house, and that's the way you do things. If you want to go out there and get something, you go out there and you earn it. Yes. And so I think that was a lesson. So I'm not as cheap as people think, but I do believe if you want that something special, you go out there and you earn it. You put in the extra work it takes to earn it. And I'm I'm glad that I made that decision. And it was a big, beautiful house. It had the the screen that literally comes down from the ceiling. So it oh, was like cool. being in a movie theater. And we had a great Christmas last year. So I'm curious, what what's the uh, Foley family tradition? Are you guys opening presents on Christmas morning or Christmas Eve? We are a one or two uh, present uh, at Christmas Eve family and the rest Christmas Day we usually take a break by the way the only late night Christmas Eve visit I made was to uh, 
the family of legendary uh, guitarist Richie Blackmore. Okay. So uh, Richie's children got to see Santa do his thing, and uh, Richie's wife texted back to me and said, it was so cute. Rory usually never curses, but all he could do was say, holy, holy, holy shit. You know, because he couldn't believe what he was seeing. Right. So the idea is, this is a... Can I can I tell you a little bit about my evolution of Santa? It Please. does involve WWE. Yeah. And I'll tell you why I will be in an evolution to where I, you will realize why he, hearing that one kid was saying holy yeah. is as rewarding to me as 15,000 people chanting my name. All right, so we're going to go back to December 24th, 2012. 10 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Even though it was... It was uh, it was filmed a few days beforehand, because even Vince McMahon isn't going to have us working on Christmas Eve. Uh, I had agreed to be part of this movie, I Am Santa Claus, and uh, Tommy Avalone, the director, was following five real bearded Santa Claus throughout the year to see what these gentlemen do with the rest of the year. And the truth is, it's not always pretty, but to a person, they all look forward to that time of the year where they can make that difference, where they can be that guy, where they can feel the the they can feel that love that is sometimes lacking in the rest of their rest of their life. So I was going to be the newcomer, right? I'm going to be the rookie. And Tommy said, you know, you don't have to grow your beard out. The other guys do, but you don't have to do that. And my beard was coming in pretty good. It wasn't great, but it was coming in pretty good. And he sent me a photo of a Kentucky Santa who looked outstanding. And he goes, some of the best Santas do not have beards much longer than yours. Wow. Well. So as I go to uh, uh, the mountains of New Hampshire, uh, I realize that I'm going to have my debut at not the, not the Santa who shows up and wrestles JBL in front of the troops, although that's great, right? Every year I was, I was proud to have done that stuff. And I was Santa on WWE one time and I gave uh, Hornswoggle the ability to talk. And that was a great promo for me because uh, that was the last time me, Dusty, and Roddy were all together. And there was a photo taken of us or a clip from that video that I really prize. Um, but this was the first time that I'm going to try to convince children that I am the guy. And I realized the night before we do the debut at Santa's Village that putting a beard on just putting on a theatrical beard, that's not good TV. So we have to make the transformation. So I entrust a low-budget documentary team, none of whom has any, <laughs> any experience in the hair business, with a bunch of dangerous, painful chemicals oh, no. to turn my uh, dark beard white and my hair as well. So this stuff starts burning, right? Like uh, I, they said... Uh, uh, all right, so tell us what the pain level is on a level, you know, one to ten. Uh, it's two, four, and then after about an hour and a half, I just said the word nine. I said, what, what nine? Well, I said, we're up to a nine on the scale of one to ten. Like, it's really burning, really burning. You pay a serious price, a lot of people do. To my daughter's credit, when she uh, bleached my beard for uh, the AED documentary, it was the first time my beard didn't, I didn't get burned. Wow. In 2013, there was so many crusty, scabby things going on underneath the beard. I don't even think parents would have let 
their children sit on this scabby Santa's knee. That's part of the price that you pay. And then you exfoliate, you got to saturate that with the aloe vera and all that, and you're okay in a couple days. But there's a definite price to be paid. And brother, I was paying for it that night. Huey went to sleep. Huey was just zinging me one after another. He's holding up my Santa pants for my new suit, and he's going, uh, Dad, are these going to fit you? I said, uh, yeah, it should. He goes, I don't think it's going to fit. <laughs> Dad, I can fit my whole body in here. Like, just lots of little things that he just, zinger after zinger, and then the little fellow uh, falls asleep. Good thing is, I don't think he wants to see Dad suffering like that. We finish the beard, now we start the hair. And I had the long hair at that time, like down to the shoulders. I'm so glad I tried it, but it was a complete failure. It just turned shades of orange and yellow. Like oh. we're in a business where a lot of guys bleach their hair, right? Yes. Maybe I should have one of them do it, but one shot, it probably would have needed three or four shots. And plus it just destroys your hair. And so I was good with a wig because at least I knew, at least I tried. And I have to tell you, when I went out there the next day, Huey was my elf. And he said he was a little nervous. I said, don't worry, I'm nervous too. Beautiful day, it's snowing outside, picturesque, couldn't be any more beautiful. And Conrad, the first moment that little fellow sat on my knee and I saw in his eyes the magic of Christmas, I thought, ooh, like this is something I'm gonna want to experience more often. And I kid you not, the first thing he said, and this is in the movie, uh, you couldn't write this. I said, and what would, and I have learned, you, you whisper. You don't overdo the, you know, we learned that in a Christmas story, right? And it's been explained to me that if you imagine this visit through the eyes of a child, you're telling a child <laughs> that he's having this long walk to approach somebody in a regal, a regal wardrobe who decides at his sole discretion whether you're worthy of toys and now you're going to greet him with an overbearing, oh, 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 it's a whisper, right? So what would you like? Carson, I think his name, what would you like, Carson? He goes, a ball. And I said, oh, I think we can do that. I've got my North Pole elf here, and I've got that kind of pole. Is there anything else you'd like? Of all things he can say, he says, another ball. So I said, oh, I think we can do that too. And I catch myself, right? I don't want to get into any yes. double entendres. And two round athletic spheres. <laughs> 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 and it was just, so, it was such a, oh, such an incredible experience. I only did it for two hours because they had no idea how I was going to fare. Uh, Colette came in with Mickey and Huey and they, uh, Mickey, with Mickey and Noel. And they couldn't believe the transformation. Like, it really felt like I'd earned it. You know, I really felt like I'd earned the right to wear that suit, and I've always taken great pride in it. So now here comes the wrestling stuff, right? I know this, this is gonna be the worst, lowest rated. Uh, this is my, just tell me if this comes to rated. Lowest rated because when I was tweeting out in 2014, my, uh, Santa wardrobe. I did it every day for, a, and I started losing followers on Twitter. And my kids were like, Dad, why are you losing followers? I, said, I think it's the Santa stuff. He goes, you don't think they care? I said, I think they care for one week. But the rest of the time, it's like, that's not why we're following. Well, you, it's okay? December 23rd. I don't now it's just, okay, December 23rd, we're in the Christmas season. 
So uh, last week I spoke glowingly of Stephanie McMahon, yes. right? It surprised you to hear that, right? Well, because yeah. we never do. It feels like it's always just criticism to go all around. We never hear nice stories yeah, about Stephanie. Yeah. Stephanie's the best. So uh, I'm uh, I'm waiting for my wife, who's got a lot of great qualities, but uh, promptness is not one of them. <laughs> and not only is time, it's essential but the biggest reason it's essential is you don't want to be leaving. You don't want to be in the mountains at dusk because that's when the moose come out. And right. it could be an accident. So I'm thinking our lives, you know, like I want this to be a safe ride. She's at least 60 minutes late, maybe 90 minutes late. And so while I'm waiting, I, uh, I think I've got one shot. The one photo of me and Noel, it, it looks such a great photo. I've got one shot. I'm not going to badger WWE. I'm going to send one text and see what happens. So I decide to text Stephanie McMahon and I say, ho, ho, ho from Jolly St. Mick. Stephanie gets back and goes, this is incredible. Is this you? I said, you can see I'm trying to hold in a sneeze, right? This is good TV. Santa doesn't sneeze. Santa doesn't sneeze. <sighs> okay, you're right. Santa doesn't sneeze. Um, is this you? Is this you? And I said, would you like me to be Santa for tribute to the troops? She said, hold on. And then I get the, you know, the word back, yes, they would. And then like a few days later, I get a call or a text saying, would you like to be Santa <laughs> our Christmas Eve episode of Raw? And you can tell the respect I have for Santa, right? The idea of being on Raw in front of millions of yes. people, it's going to be my second ever Santa appearance. Millions of people. And then I do get the word that Santa is going to be run over, presumed to be dead. And I fight with that in my mind. Like, I don't know if this is what kids need to be seeing on Christmas Eve, but I'm going to be seen by millions of people, right? Yes. So I go, and I still am very hesitant about it. Very hesitant, and the idea is this is a <coughs> it was a thing of beauty, right? Uh, Triple H, this is one of the biggest lies I've ever told in my life. Is they're <laughs> looking for someone else to fit into the suit because I'm on the no hit list, and I don't want the idea of Brodus Clay or any guy sweating in my you know, this is a beautiful custom made suit, right? Retail $3,500, oh, yeah, $3,500, bucks, right? They donated it to the for the shoot uh and it's and it's still mine 3500 bucks i can't have brodus clay uh sweating in this thing and 100 goes yeah there's no way you could do this without getting hurt right i said oh, yeah i can do this without getting hurt get run over by a car yeah no problem but to make it extremely safe i don't get run over by a car i essentially walk into a parked car so this is the magic of wwe editing here comes uh, Del Rio and his driver. They come out. I'm handing out candy canes and little gifts. And then when I turn around, I walk into a parked car. And it's it reminds me of the exploding ring uh, in AEW and in IWA. Because I went through that same thing where the explosions didn't go off. And the crowd simultaneously, like, they, they just, they fart on it. Right. For about three seconds. But to my credit, I didn't just walk into a parked car. I walked into a parked car as hard as I could 
and did $750 of damage to that to BMW. Car? Yeah. Oh, wow. And I took a legit bump uh, over the top of it as if it was the stair steps. A good bump. You're looking at it now, right? Yeah, we're going to we're going to have some uh, video have some, representation yeah. for folks to see. And the coolest thing was I felt it when I when I took that bump, I felt the disappointment because to everyone there I just walked into a parked car, but as soon as that tree fell over, which did open up a legit laceration just underneath <laughs> my cheek, I think the crowd there in Pittsburgh, where I have some history and they have some respect for me, all simultaneously realized this is the only place in the world you can see Santa run over by a car. It's true. And they got with it. They started chanting, you killed Santa. Del Rio gets out and he's concerned, which is a good way to sell it. I think originally they wanted him only concerned about his bumper. And then what uh, Ricardo Rodriguez does is a thing of beauty. He is just forlorn. He is so devastated that Santa has taken this hit. He's almost throwing up. He's I, almost in tears. I think uh, there's there's a spot on his mantle. Look at the look at the little fellow. He's heartbroken. He is. He is so heartbroken, and even Del Rio's selling it like uh, you know. Oh, this wasn't supposed to happen. They put they take Santa. Take him away, and as we're doing this, I'm thinking to myself, I'm not sure this is what I was supposed to be doing, you know? Like, I'm not sure this is the way to uh, help make the season bright. It's not until I'm in the uh, the uh, trainer's room and I hear Booker T give the speech to the assembled uh, WWE superstars and Miz. Nothing? W, w, okay, and miss. All right. <laughs> I was I was expecting the Buff Bagwell line. He it works there. every time he though. <laughs> and here it is verbatim. You ready? I'm ready. I'm not gonna sugarcoat this. Santa's down, and it don't look good. But before Santa lost consciousness, his last words to me were. Now, what would his last words be? Make sure that. Children are not disappointed. Find a way to deliver the toys. No, not in WWE. His last words to me were, Alberto Del Rio will be in a fight tonight. A miracle on 34th Street Fight match. And that's when then Cena, I think Cena yells out, St. Nicholas is a saint, which is stating the obvious. Yes. But I think, and I speculated, the reason he went so over the top is knowing he has a young fan base. He's a, wink. he's a wink and a nod. And then he's, let's do it for Santa. And he pumps the forearm that Popeye the Sailor would be envious of. And I thought to myself, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. So Santa came back. He, he came back. He hit. I shouldn't have had uh, Ricardo with the bag of toys. Or put, I should have put, I put the stocking on the, uh, on Del Rio, but I wish I'd hugged Ricardo. Because he was nervous for he you. He was so nervous. He did nothing wrong. The little fellow. Yeah, he's, oh man, I miss Ricardo on TV as well. Played that pivotal role. But that was, it was a really fun night for me. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, and I picked up, Noel was on a modeling assignment in Harrisburg. And so I was able to pick her up at her hotel. We drove all the way home. We did a late night drive through as Santa 
uh, which is just so one. So you drove from Harrisburg to Long to, Island to Long at the Island. time? Okay. It was about a four and a half hour drive. Yeah. So Pittsburgh to Long Island, about seven and a half. It used to be longer when I was doing the roads because uh, when I was training because the speed limit was 55 and they were pretty strict about that 55. You might be able to push it at 60. Uh, any faster than that, you could get a ticket. And so uh, it was a great ride home. And I, oh man, I felt like a million bucks. Had a chance to watch that on Christmas Eve with my family. So what other family in the world can see their dad as the guy getting run over on Christmas Eve? And the crazy thing is, uh, the, uh, Tommy's crew, Tommy Avalone's I Am Santa Claus crew was there on Christmas Eve. The crazy thing was just how natural it seemed in the Foley house. So it's just dad getting run over by a car. <laughs> They've seen you do some crazier things. Hey, haven't we all tried to avoid a new workout or maybe we have trouble following through on a program? Well, right here at the end of the year, a lot of us are starting to say, you know what? I'm going to make that a new year's resolution. But the trouble with that is getting started and sticking to a program are really the two biggest obstacles to exercising. But now you can easily create a dynamic routine personalized to your equipment and goals with the FitBod app. Now here's the reality. Once you set up your FitBot app, you're going to go ahead and put your goals in there. You're going to be able to track all of your progress and maybe better than all that. FitBot is going to help you keep motivated to keep working towards your goal. And my wife has been using FitBot for quite a while. Her favorite feature of the FitBot app is that it makes planning the workouts easy. The algorithm actually changes and it updates your fitness plan as you go. It just does all of this for you automatically. It takes the guesswork out. You simply add in your equipment, pick your fitness goal, and FitBod does the rest. They create a routine for you. Whether you've been missing gym time or maybe you feel like you've hit a plateau, a fresh start has never been easier. The app switches up your exercises to avoid overtraining or burnout and your program changes based on your personal progress for maximized results. A full year of FitBod is less than the cost of a single session with a personal trainer. Join FitBod today and build a routine that grows with you without slimming down your wallet. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app free at our link in the description below or get a FitBod.me forward slash Foley. The link in the description will take care of the rest or just type it in your browser. It's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Foley, FitBod.me forward slash Foley. We want to thank FitBod for sponsoring today's podcast. And hey, seriously, if getting in shape is going to be one of your New Year's resolutions, doesn't get any easier than FitBod.me forward slash Foley. All right, y'all listen up. Lots of adults choose to use nicotine, but there is a right way and a wrong way to do it. Now, not everyone uses nicotine, but if you do, you'll want to listen up, get ready. Y'all this is an ad for Lucy breakers. If you're one of the millions of adults who already use nicotine, well, you know that not all products are the same. And there's one new product that we think stands above the rest. Lucy breakers are the only nicotine pouch that gives you a blast of flavor from the first moment to the last. You see, each pouch contains a capsule that you break open to release a rush of flavor that doesn't fade away like those other pouches. You know, the ones that rhyme with thin and they come in so many flavors, mint, berry, citrus, mango, even espresso. And you don't have to go down to the gas station or corner store to get them. Just order online and they'll be shipped straight to your door. Every order gets free shipping. Plus, if you subscribe, you'll save 15% off and never run out. 
And I got to tell you, I don't use nicotine, but the guy I share an office with, he's literally on the other side of my wall in my office. He's outside or he was outside braving the cold, braving the elements. Uh, and he was doing that to get his nicotine fix. Dude, it gets cold this time of year down here in Alabama. I know you think we got it made, but that is not the case. He'd come in shivering. I broke out the old Lucy breakers and dude, he's all about it. Now he can enjoy his nicotine at his desk, all in a warm, toasty, comfortable office. That's what it's about, man. So whether you use nicotine while you're working, creating, or playing, Lucy Breakers are the intelligent choice. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Get $10 off your first order when you use your promo code FOLEY at checkout. By the way, shipping is always free. That's lucy.co. The promo code is FOLEY to receive $10 off and free shipping. Visit lucy.co for more details. And we thank Lucy for sponsoring the podcast. Now here comes the fine print y'all. Lucy products are only for adults of legal age and every order is age verified. This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. One more time, go to lucy.co and use that promo code Foley to receive $10 off and free shipping. Thanks Lucy. Uh, I'm curious your, your, uh, your mode of transportation as you've mentioned recently that you normally drive here to record is a rental car, mm-hmm. but you're in your own vehicle and you've said like a, a van is like your Lamborghini. Mm. It's red in color. Is that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So in the whole, uh, Holy Foley, I had these big, uh, uh, magnetic, uh, not a decal, but a magnet that would say naughty or nice, you know, investigative group or whatever. I remembered my daughter coming out uh, after we'd leased a, 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 an Impala or something. And she comes out, I was, Dad, how could you do that? I, what? Like you had this painted on the Honey, it's not painted on the car. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Just peel it off. But yeah. I, yeah, they were embarrassed. You know, the kids, they say, would say they were embarrassed deep down. They, they loved it. They loved it. But it's your sleigh. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's red in color. Yeah, and uh, I'm just curious how much uh, how much horsepower uh, reindeer power does that thing have? Uh, I would not know. More than twelve. I lease it. More than six. I return it uh, three years later, and I get another one. That's that's after old Russ. I drove old Russ into the ground. I had that for thirteen years, and then I thought, you know what? I'm going to start treating myself. I'm going to lease. A minivan with some reindeer power. With some reindeer power, and it does have some reindeer power because it's a good moving vehicle. But I rarely drive it because I'm usually in a rental car. When you're dressed up as Santa, you're. Uh, I mean, you obviously get a lot of attention just as Mick Foley. I mean, hell, you get free Whataburger. But <laughs> when you're dressed as Santa, chick stick Santa. Everyone becomes a little child. Right. Now, one thing I I stay away from, I don't, I don't, look, I'm a volunteer Santa. That means I can go and I do whatever I want. Um, I do the visits I want to do. I worked, I was volunteer for Christmas Magic and loved being there, Santa. Uh, Another group called um, Share the Voice that delivered uh, um, adaptive tricycles to adults or children, you know, with uh, physical challenges. And one of the, my, you know, Santa's dearest friends, a little girl named Ursula, she's not so little anymore, but she believes in Santa. She was just so taken with, I could see her, you know, just staring. And so I asked the parents if I, 
uh, might be able to make a visit. And that was uh, six, seven years ago, and I've been by the house or writing the letters every single year. There's another really unique case. I don't I hate to call it a case, but uh, I went to the hospital, I think it was 2016, went to the cancer center, and uh, this it was difficult for me. My, this is the same hospital my dad had passed away. Oh, in. man. So for years, I couldn't even step inside. I went from being a guy who would make a visit every couple months to the pediatric floor to being not even able to go in that hospital for years because it just had such, uh, you know, such bad memories for yeah. me. And so uh, uh, there was a young lady uh, who, with... Um, cancer who had convinced me to come in and, and uh, be Santa. And I think on my second year doing it, I'm making the rounds. I visit adults and children as well. I visit the adults first. I'll say the adults are just as enthusiastic. And what's particularly interesting, even if they're not Christian in faith, they love the idea that someone is going out of their way yes. to come over. And they're very talkative. I've not run into one issue. I've never run into any of the Merry Christmas issues that are supposedly out there. Never been an issue for me. So when I go to the children's side of the floor, there's this one little boy. And he doesn't have, he doesn't have a hair in his head. And he's just so exhausted. He's so exhausted. And nothing I do. I've got some, you know, some... Uh, visual aids that usually help. Uh, I, I, I wrote about this in my Santa memoir the year before when I was in Pittsburgh. There was a child who could not have visitors because she was quarantined. So I was only able to address her from the, from the door, open door. And I had a box of fairy dust, you know. And when I opened it up, it would glow in different colors. And I remember the girl going, that's awesome. And I had to step away because I was in tears, and I, I, and I, there was someone from WWW there with me because this is the University of Pittsburgh in conjunction with Connor's Cure. So someone from WWW was there, and they saw me get emotional. I said, "Are you all right?" I said, "I just feel so fortunate to be in a place where I can help spread some joy." Yes. Um, so the next year, I'm um, I did I did do the visit. I did go to uh, Pittsburgh, which is a long drive, and I went and saw some children in upstate New York along the way who were unable to visit Santa physically. Those were special visits, but the, this is one of the most incredible ones. The payoff is, is, is such a great payoff in that I visit the boy, he's, he's not reacting to any of the visual aids. I feel like I'm failing, but then I look over at his mom, she's got tears pouring down her face because somebody's taking the time to spend time to try to make her son feel happy. So I said, would you be interested in a Christmas Eve visit? I think it was the 22nd or 23rd that I visited the boy and I give her my information. I don't tell her who I am. And then I'm waiting, even though we had a great Christmas and I did go to the pediatric floor on the, 20, on the 25th and I keep waiting for, uh, there's no call. So I call the child life person and I said, uh, yeah, I just, I was hoping that uh, this uh, child's family would call me. And she goes, well, Brandon was only released late last night. I said, well, find out if they'd like a visit. And I get a response back, well, they would love one, but they don't want to take your family, you away from your family. And this is where I can honestly tell you, Conrad, that everything 
that I've done that has been a success has come about because of behavior that some could construe as being strange. Right. Right? Like, but I would have not, I wouldn't be here doing this show. I would have never made it in wrestling. I never would have tried the book. And in this case, I, I say something. It's, it sounds like uh, the words of a crazy man, practically. I say, please tell that family there's no place I would rather be than at their home on Christmas Eve. Right. And so I, okay, we're on. I go over there and I say a prayer in the car, you know, to, as I park, please you know, give me whatever special, you know, uh, powers of understanding and patience to make this the best visit I can. And when I open up the door, it's like this kid has undergone a complete transformation. He is, uh, he's alert, he's happy, he's running around, he's got a little sister. And so I said, I wrote in my memoir that I used to have a list of the 10 best things I'd ever done. There was the interview with JR on there, the match with Shawn Michaels. This is before the, the cell took place. But if I still find that list, I'm going to put that visit because that was one of the best performances I ever had. And I look over at the adults, and it's there's four adults in there, and three of them are almost unrecognizable because they've got the tears streaming down their face. And um, I think it was a couple days later, I'm driving down the road, and I get a text message, so I pull off to see it, and she says, the mother says, we just can't get over how in spite of everything we've gone through that this somehow managed to be the best Christmas we've ever had. Wow. And so I've been that child Santa, uh, his, his, uh, his sister Santa, and they, then they had another one. And the cool thing is, over the next year, completely on her own, Brandon becomes a fan, but the younger sister becomes a super fan who picks on her own that I'm her favorite. So now when I'm doing, I do the visit where I specifically get caught. I'm too loud playing with the action figures. I'm doing a three-way dance between Mankind, Dude Love, and Cactus Jack. And you, yeah. You're literally playing with yourself. Literally playing, <laughs> yeah. We are. And I, oh, you know, it's, oh, bells and buckles, you caught Santo. I'm so embarrassed, you know, I shouldn't have been playing with the toys. And what I did is, uh, uh, okay, you, you go out up to bed or else you won't remember any of this happened. Right. And then I put up a, a little letter saying, I just talked with uh, Vinnie McMahon, and because I woke you up, uh, he saw fit to give you these four tickets to the, uh, the WWE show on the 26th at, uh, uh, 26th, 27th at Nassau Coliseum. So Becky Lynch takes a beautiful photo with the kid. And the great thing about it is this is the year that Brandon doesn't believe and his parents have been waiting for this because they want to tell him who his Santa is. They think that the younger, the, uh, the middle, middle daughter has one more year left and they're like, we just, we want her to know. So I wrote a nice letter, it took me about an hour to say like, all right, you've, you realize that one man can't circumnavigate the globe. That's true, we can't, Santa can't do with a lot of help, and I'm one of his helpers, and I think it's time now that you asked your mom and dad to tell you who Santa's helper was. So, it's such, I just think it's a cool story. It is it's cool. A really, it's a really cool story. And it turns out that when I, I find, uh, I find uh, uh, a tweet from the mom, and she's got like 26,000 followers, she's wow. an actress. Okay. And she's a model. Like, I was aware that she was a beautiful woman, but, I, but she was always crying when I saw her. Right. I didn't really know what she looked like. And, uh, like, 
uh, it was, I was just, I had no idea. It was just uh, a mom who loved her child who was really hurting and I thought I could help and it's gone on to be one of the best friendships. So uh, I really am so grateful for having had that opportunity to be this guy and um, you know I'm not going to be put, giving it as much time as I have in the past but it's still a really valuable part of uh, I, I feel like of who I am and I love the idea that some of the biggest stars in the business, Undertaker he gets a letter Rock gets a letter, Edge gets a letter, and Edge, you know, Edge is such a great performer that he sent a video of me, of him reading it to his children, and he takes it to a whole new level. And it's just, it's just I just keep think it's an honor to be part of people's Christmas traditions like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. Let's talk about uh, your wife. Uh, <laughs> When did she learn that you were Christmas obsessed? Have you always been? No, I, I phased out, you know. I mean, we all do as we get older. And then, you know, when you're you know, 22 and you're by yourself and you're working Christmas night, you know, and, you're, and that it, it seems like almost another day. You try right. to catch a couple of things. You call home. Maybe you send a couple cards. It was not until I had children myself. There you go. And really the turnaround for me was that um, I talked about that unfortunate incident a couple of years, uh, a couple weeks ago in uh, July of 96 where the family had to dress in the, you know, the bathroom yes. with the open sewage line. But the very next day we went from uh, Bangor, Maine. And now there's a great line there where uh, uh, Dewey was out Bangor has bleachers, right? Bleachers are great for making sounds, yes. right? Uh, the old uh, Scranton CYS before I got his band for there for life. Uh, that's another story for another time. Uh, they had bleachers, which made noises. And so I look out through the window, and Stone Cold's looking out too, and, and Dewey's there, and he's got his hands over his ears. He goes, ah, oh, look at the little guy. Has he been covering his ears <laughs> his, his, the whole night? I said, yeah, except when your match was on, then he covered his nose. Oh, <laughs> what a great line. And Steve remembers it to this day. Like, he sold it big time. What a great line. Sold it big time. And the next day, we took the probably a two-and-a-half-hour drive from Bangor to Jefferson, New Hampshire, to Santa's Village, which opened up in 1953. And that's when I fell in love with Christmas all over again. I was on the road, you know, we were on the road a lot, right? A lot. We were on the road a lot. And so instead of being the guy who shows up on the 23rd and leaves uh, on the 26th or even leaves on Christmas night, we're going to extend the magic of the season by building up these, uh, these visits. And I think it was like three months before we went to Santa's Village. You know, I, I put Al Snow on the phone with him while he goes, Noelle, where will you be going in three months? And she really hesitated and went, Santa Village. <laughs> it's tremendous. And it's just become this amazing part of our lives. I've gone 27 years in a row. Wow. Uh, during the pandemic, I went by myself because I was up in the area doing some work. But, uh, it, you know, some of the older kids will go three, four years without going. But then when they return, they have just as good a time as they ever did. And it's a great place to just, and it's as a father, I learned a valuable lesson, courtesy of my son, Mickey, in that we would go, okay, buddy, no matter where we are, Disney World, where you name it, what ride do you want to do? Mm, 
I want to go on choo-choo train. Okay, let's do the train. And then you get off the train and go, okay, what next? And you go, mm, choo-choo train. And, but there are all these other lines, choo-choo uh, train. And you realize, like, you're here to have fun. If this is his favorite ride, he wants to do it six times, then that's what it's all about. Yes. And instead of pushing people, you know, like having, uh, I used to know how many, how many boats had to pass on Peter Pan. 126 boats until uh, my, so I would put Colette and the kids on the Peter Pan boat. I would count 126 and then I'd be right there. So as they were getting off, I'm grabbing the kids and we're going on for a second. It's completely legal, you just have to know. With Dumbo, it was like 25, but it was all about getting as much done in a single day as you possibly could. But sometimes you're so busy grabbing that brass ring, as Mr. McMahon likes to say, that you forget to stop and smell the flowers. So really it was with Mickey uh, that uh, I learned to stop and smell the roses and then stop and enjoy myself. Uh, but that Santa's Village, I, it's become such a, it is, continues to be a huge part of our lives. How does, uh, how does she like being Mrs. Claus? She won't be Mrs. Claus. What? I've tried. I've tried, and she's shut that down. And I approached her the, you know, a few days ago. I said, "Would you consider doing it? Something we do together." Look, one thing I tell people uh, when I'm on cameos and they ask for parental, you know, parental advice, especially if they have kids, I say, "Don't get so busy that you forget to make each other feel special." So uh, relationships are give and take. Yes. And this is something I continue to work on her with and say, like, if, if I'm interested in something, you should try it. Just at least try it. You might like it. You know, I'm not doing as much as I used to, but she might do it on videos this year. So uh, I, I'm the, the times that Huey was my elf were just uh, some of the best times of my life. He's at an age where he doesn't really realize it. It's almost like... I say, Hugh, you want to put on the green suit again? He goes, uh, no, I'm good. But I think when he's in his 20s and 30s and he has kids of his own, he'll think back yes. to uh, those days when he was my elf and, uh, and realize, like I do, that they were some of the best times of our lives. I like that you said that uh, relationships are, are give and take. And uh, it's about trying to make each other feel special. And uh, this is the time of the day where we talk about how you can make Mrs. Claus feel special with the miracle of blue chew. <laughs> yep, even on Christmas, it's uh, it's the ultimate package for your spouse. Saturday Night Live is a skit that you may remember. We're not going to talk about it, but something in a box. Let's, let's unwrap it, all right? Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but as chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. So plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, the process is simple. You'll sign up at bluechew.com. You'll consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversation, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And Bluetooth tablets are made right here in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package. But there won't be anything discreet, discreet about, about your, your package. package. So if you can benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it, have better sex, Mick and I like to call it a hot a tag, tag for your wiener. wiener. 
We got a special deal for our listeners. What are we doing? Try Blue Chew free. That's our gift to you. When you use our promo code Foley at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is Foley to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast and ho, 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 and all the other. Man, I love talking about our friends at jimmysfamousseafood.com and if you've been watching wrestling very long, and maybe you follow any of the talent on social media, you already know all about Jimmy's famous seafood. You probably know that they have the best crab cakes in the world. And you know that everyone on both of the rosters loves them. Some Jimmy's famous seafood. Roman reigns is in there all the time. So many of the WWE talent actually get their meals delivered. You even probably saw Miz do a skit there a couple of years ago, but maybe my favorite thing is that AEW does fundraisers there for charity all the time. These are great folks and they're big time wrestling fans and man, they got the best seafood in the world. Sincerely. Now you might be thinking, man, I'm not in Baltimore. How does this affect me? They're shipping nationwide like the Godfather, but it's legal, but it ought to be illegal. How good these damn crab cakes are. You can go ahead and check out the Maryland crab cakes in your home right now. They'll send you the soups, the chowders, the oysters, the signature steaks, all their desserts, their gluten-free items. And by the way, they've still got some great holiday gifts. If there was someone who's maybe out of town or they're hard to buy for, maybe you're getting ready to host some big shindig for new year's Eve. Maybe you're getting ready for some of the bowl games. Why not check out the famous gift box? You got four of the world's best colossal Maryland crab cakes, two different crab soups or crab dip, seafood seasoning, and their signature bay sauce. You could even check out that tailgate bundle. It's two pounds of wings, a full rack of barbecue ribs, a pint of crab dip, crab cake mix. Or you can even create your own package. I've known these guys for a long, long time and really, really can't recommend them enough. Every time I'm in Baltimore, I eat all of my meals there. Seriously, I'll go for lunch. I'll go back for supper. It's the best. And if you're a foodie and you watch these TV shows, you know all about them already. They've been around for more than four decades. It really is a real family business. And they've told their story many times on diners, dine-ins and dives, beat Bobby Flay and so many more. Hey, and if you're a big Ravens fan or you see those Ravens games, when they're doing those bumpers in and out of Baltimore, I don't think I've ever seen them not go to Jimmy's. Everybody knows Jimmy's famous seafood is the hookup, but the bad part is usually it's expensive to get this stuff shipped. You know, they got to pack it and dry ice and get it to you. And man, that's just, that's costly until now. What if it was free? That's right. You heard me free two day nationwide shipping on orders over 125 bucks. When you use the promo code Foley. Why not have the best crab cakes in the world today? As you're listening to this, it's Christmas Eve's Eve. Well, tomorrow night I'm hosting a family dinner. I got some miniature crab balls from Jimmy's famous seafood. I got some mini stuffed shrimp from Jimmy's famous seafood. I even got my fillets that we're cooking up from Jimmy's famous seafood. You can do it too. Right now, go to Jimmy's famous seafood.com. Check out exactly what you've been looking for, and then go ahead and use the promo code Foley. And you're going to get free shipping. How do you beat that? Free shipping? Come on now. Jimmy'sFamousSeafood.com. Promo code Foley. Can you believe it? It's finally here. It's the most wonderful time of the year, unless you get stressed out about how to pay for it. SaveWithConrad.com can help you make this the best Christmas ever. You won't make a house payment for the next two months. That's right. Skip your next two house payments and use all that cash for your extra holiday expenses. And come next year, you're going to have a lower monthly payment. Don't put Christmas on a credit card. Pay your credit card debt off at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. SaveWithConrad.com. 
Do we have time for me to tell you the Santa angle that never happened? Yes, please. Okay. I got to hear this. I don't have all the details, but this was going to be Santa as the guest, as the, the guest uh, GM for the day. That we'd also we'd have a green screen thing with Santa and myself, Stephanie McMahon. Uh, and it'd be a lot of fun, so therefore people would know. They absolutely know. There's no way I could be Santa. Right. And whenever I wrote up an angle, there were a couple angles that didn't get done, but I always had Jericho as my go-to guy because he could do anything. You yeah, know? of course. The, the, guy, the terrain that guy can cover character-wise is amazing. And I wanted him, I wanted to be able to say, oh, you just made the list, you know, and the bad boys list. And then he would grab Santa in the threat, okay, like the same way a barker, you know, like Santa, and Santa's glasses would fall. And now Santa, you can't see as well without the glasses, and he would announce that next, uh, that, that next match was going to be Chris Jericho will have a match with a snowman. And this match will be refereed by an elf. So now we go to the cutaway when they're getting ready. You see Jericho getting ready. You see this, this snowman in the costume and a little fellow, you know, working on his one, two, three. And now <laughs> they go out there. Jericho's going to have an easy time with his snowman. My glasses come back. They're like, oh, oh bells and buckles. Santa really botched that one. No, that's not the match at all. Chris Jericho will be doing battle with Braun Strowman. <laughs> In a match refereed by a MILF. <laughs> now, oh, wow. And now you bring out a buxom woman in her, you know, mid to late 40s, early 50s, and you got a little something there. So that would be pretty good, right? Pretty I love good. that. Ha -ha. Yeah. I love that. That's good stuff. <laughs> oh, I told you I was going to talk about the uh, career trajectory and the lesson I learned. Yes. And yesterday, when we went off air, um, I was... Well, in interest of full disclosure, I'm here for a couple of days. We're knocking out a few weeks uh, so that we can all enjoy the holidays. You mean it's not really the 23rd? Uh, Maybe it a is. few days early. November, <laughs> November 23rd. <laughs> uh, you can see I'm getting the magic of Christmas. You are. In my eyes. So this is really a lesson learned. And this is why I wrote the, uh, the little Santa memoir, which I knew no one was going to read. Uh, because I did feel like it had an arc, and there was a lesson learned. So you take, uh, in my Santa career, I had one uh, visit. Um, I did uh, a few hours at Santa's Village, my favorite place in the world. Filmed for a documentary, very critically acclaimed documentary, by the way. And my second showing is in front of thousands of people with a few million people watching, my third is tribute to the troops. So in my head, I'm the guy who performs in front of thousands live, millions on TV. That's who I am. So that ne as the next year is rolling around, you know, I, I reach out to Vince. Hey, would love to do it again. You know, going to be in Texas, three days in Texas. And I get there and I find out I'm not written onto the Raw show. I'm on Superstars. And I... I go into Vince and I pitch him like they were having the evil, um, the evil, uh, um, evil Santa versus Mark Henry Santa, okay. right? And the evil Santa was Ms. Dow, right? Who could do anything? Yes. And, uh, you know, man, that guy, was he not a shooting star? Super entertaining. For, super entertaining, right? Just stole the show. For Regal recently said he didn't get a fair shake on his career. I agree. Yeah, he did not. 
and uh, why they let him go, I don't know. He was a guy who could do anything. Uh, the the stunt double stuff was just incredible. Ten out of ten. Right, and this is I think before he did that. I he, yes. Yeah. So he's the bad Santa, and I go into Vince and I go, Vince, like it's the rule of three. Yeah, I need to referee this match. Oh, I think that's too many Santas. I said, no, no, it's the rule of three. That's what makes it funny. And I'm going to call it right down the line. Just imagine, it's like, one, two, no, no, three, two, you know, like this close, playing it as a serious referee, but as Santa. And he shot that down, and I was so dejected. The only thing that kept me from walking out of that building was I wanted the shot with Nikki and Brie Bella. And we did get the good shot where they're whispering in my ear. It was the only reason, thing that kept me there. For the next six months, all I did was complain about the treatment I received by WWE. So about six months after the fact, so this would be like June, six months after the fact, Noel finally goes, Dad, you need to stop talking about this. You're not even fun to be around. I couldn't let it go. Wow. I did Austin's podcast, and I was outside on the sidewalk, and I was determined that I was going to let Vince have it. You know, like, nobody would care except me. Like, let it go, man. Let it go. And then my saving grace came in the form of a, a, a unusual Christmas angel. I get a, uh, a text message from my friend Catherine Popper, who's a great bass player, played with a bunch of amazing people from Willie Nelson to Levon Helm. But in this case, she plays in a band with Nora Jones. And she says, hey, uh, Nora, Nora J gave you a shout out. And I immediately go, oh no, what, what could she have to say about me? I'm the guy who ruined um, Silent Night because the previous year, December 13th, I'm getting ready for my first appearance. I've just had my beard bleached. I'm going to do, go like I did the year before uh, when I was just me with a, a Santa suit, no wig, anything. I'm just Mick Foley in a Santa suit doing something with the, the band. Right. And now I'm late. I'm lost. This is when I'm really struggling with the head injury things. I can't remember the number. I'm cursing in the car because I'm saying, because my GPS is telling me I'm on the BQE, Brooklyn Queens Expressway, and I'm yelling at my GPS, the BQE is right up there. I'm not on the BQE. And I got so upset I was going to go home. I was just going to turn around and go home. And then I pulled over. I looked in the rearview mirror and I said, if you don't get to that show, do the best job you can, you don't deserve to wear this red suit. I had beautiful new stuff. And, I was, and that was a talk with myself. Got out of the car and I immediately see the smiles on the faces, right? Oh, you know, and the first few people, oh, Santa, how are you? And another kid, the guy walks by and said, F you, Santa. I said, why are you so angry? He said, because I don't like you. And I said, I think what you're telling me is you don't like yourself. Would you like to talk about it? Five minutes later, he says, Merry Christmas, Santa, and walks away. So I walk into the Bell House uh, Theater in Brooklyn, and I'm feeling pretty good. I'm there 10 minutes before the show ends. I walk in, I see my friend Catherine, her eyes just light up. She calls me to the stage, right? I come up, I say a few words, and then I walk into the, I just drift into the background while they do their last song, which is Silent Night. And the women sound so good. It's Sasha Dobson, Catherine Popper, Nora Jones together. They, they just harmonize. They're beautiful together. But I start thinking to myself, if you don't walk up to that microphone oh, no. and start singing with Nora Jones as Santa, 
Oh, no. You will never forgive yourself. So I do walk up and I start singing Silent Night, not realizing that there's about six stanzas to Silent Night, which is probably four <laughs> more than most people know. And I only find out afterwards that they were recording it for, uh, they were doing a live recording. <laughs> so all I can think is, I'm the guy who, who ruined Silent Night. So when my friend Catherine, six or seven months later, says, Nora Jay gave you a shout out, it's like, I didn't even think she'd have an opinion of me. And if she did, I thought it'd be, oh, is that Catherine's friend who messed up Silent Night? And instead, what it is, it's uh, an interview she's doing uh, in the green room of The Tonight Show. They're getting ready to do Jimmy Fallon. And she was asked about their new album. And she said it was so nice to see so many familiar faces. And the question is, was Mick Foley there? And that's a yes or no question. She goes, no, Mick wasn't there that night, but he was at one of our shows a few weeks earlier. It was so funny because there was nowhere for Mick to sit, so we put him on stage with us. He literally sat right next to me. We love Mick Foley. Wow. <laughs> and then she goes, he's probably the best Santa I've ever seen. And she goes into her account from her point of view. Last year, we didn't know if Mick was going to be able to make it. He showed up at the last second. And when he walked in, it was like the real Kris Kringle had just entered the building. Wow. And here it is. Aside from uh, no one came through bigger when it mattered less. This is right up there. She goes, I don't know how to describe it because it was so surreal. He looked so real. Mick is Santa. And I realized that what I had done was taken Nora Jones, who sold 37 million albums, and made her feel like a child again. Yeah. And that's what we call the Santa moment. And everything changed for me. Everything changed for me to where I stopped thinking about thousands of people, live, millions of people, and I thought, how can I make one person feel special? How can I create a moment that they will never forget? And it, it really made a world of difference to me. And that year I did get called for WWE to do their Christmas episode. And I said, no, no, I'm good. And they said, uh, uh, Mark, uh, Carano? Carano would tell her. So he goes, can I ask why in case Vince wants to know? I said, yes, I'm, uh, I'm already doing, uh, I'm already volunteering that night. So Ho Ho Hogan did the Christmas show. And I entertained uh, eight children at a foster home. And I had no doubt that I had made the right decision. And I've never, I've never asked to be back on the show. It's, uh, I want, what I do, I think I've worked hard enough to get that accolade. You know when they say, uh, hey, he's a hell of a worker, right? That's what every wrestler wants to hear. Right. The, the, the equivalent in wrestling is like when I started doing the appearances for Christmas Magic, uh, the social workers came over after my first visit, before the second visit, and said, do you know what the kids were saying on the bus after they visited you? I said, what? They said, they were all going, that's the real Santa. So kids are smart. Ever since the uh, um, Home Alone with Kevin McAllister, where yes. he goes, I know you're not the real Santa, but I know you work for him. That opened the door, yes. and I think it allowed children to be in that magic age for another couple of years where they can accept that all the Santas they see are just working for them, but they believe there is a real Santa, 
And if you work hard enough and you look good, it's not just the look because anybody, you know, a lot of guys can grow out a beard and they don't have the warmth, but you really, it's something you really have to work on. It's, it's like anything else, you know, anyone could dress up in a party city suit, but I think you work on it. You have the authenticity. Uh, you're not just explaining away questions by saying it's Christmas magic. In some ways, you're being a really creative liar yes. to the children, but extending that magic for another year is the biggest compliment I can get. We talked last week about your commissionary role. Yeah. Uh, that was the fourth face of Foley. Is Santa the fifth face? Yeah, he, wa- he was, certainly for a long time. I don't know if I put enough into it now to say that he's the fifth face because, you know, my Santa stuff is limited for the time being to the videos and the one or two uh, uh, visits on Christmas Eve. But I think, but the nice thing about being Santa is it is something you can do better as you get older. And so if we're in a situation uh, with an empty nest and, you know, the kids aren't visiting one year, um, then it's something I can return to and be the volunteer guy. Uh, yesterday I ran, I got my hair cut and I ran into a woman who had a, a jar for something she called the Christmas Angel List. And she's just an individual that helps with a few dozen kids in the county uh, whose family don't have the means. And so even if it's something like that, even if it's just uh, five, six children, like we're all in this thing together. Yes. When I explained to my children, when they busted me because of all things, a YouTube video suggestion popped up with the real Santa Claus and it was the Santa from the movie. The gentleman who had the guts and the dedication to legally change his name to Santa Claus. Um, we had to have a talk, you know, no else did the kids know. I was forlorn, and we talked for about two hours. And I said, uh, I said, okay, how, how did he get to Santa's village? And I said, okay, just say Santa did have a sleigh with reindeer. How long would it take him to get from the North Pole to, to New Hampshire? And Mickey goes, uh, t- uh, 10 minutes. And Huey goes, no, seven minutes. Like, there's really a difference. Right? Yeah. I said, and that would be cool, right? I said, but that's not what our Santa did. What our Santa did is he got in his car, he drove 15 hours round trip so he could make your day special. I said, if that's not, and then when I said, what do I owe you? He said, nothing. He, I said, if that's not Christmas magic, I don't know what is. I go, how about when you had the footage of Santa on the roof? I said, okay, this is what happened. <laughs> I said, well, we were up in New Hampshire. I asked uh, a couple of contractors, uh, Larry and um, Pat, uh, if they would come down and film something, if they could pick up a fan with a, a, a fog machine, green and red lighting, and then uh, Santa, the legally changed Santa, comes after a 16-hour day in a driving rainstorm, gets up on the roof, walks around, is filmed, and when I asked Larry and Pat what do we owe them, they said, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. I asked Santa, he says, Merry Christmas. I said, Here's three guys yeah. at two in the morning in a driving rainstorm meeting up with a total stranger who's just to work a 16-hour day. And when I ask them what I owe them, they all say, Merry Christmas. I said, that's what Christmas magic is. And I said, what do you tell people when they say wrestling's fake? They said, no, no, I tell them it's not. It's people are working hard. I said, it's a lot of people working really hard to create that feeling you have when you're in a seat. I said, 
isn't it more interesting when you find out what it really is instead of what it's not? And they said, yeah. And I said, that's the way to Christmas. It'd be great if it was one guy in a regal red uh, robe uh, and a team of, a team, uh, a sleigh with a team of reindeer. But what it is is thousands upon thousands of people all being a little kinder, a little gentler, a little bit more patient to create memories for you that you will have for the rest of your life and pass on to others. Like, that's the true magic of Christmas. It's in the heart. Well said, Mick. I don't know what I expected from today's episode, but this exceeded it. I hope you and your family have a Merry Christmas, and I hope all of our listeners have a very Merry Christmas. And we're going to get back to our regularly scheduled programming next week when we celebrate one of your great friends from back in the day, who unfortunately is no longer with us, Miss Joni Lauer will be our subject next week on Folius Pod. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs>